You're listening to Blaze, the go-to podcast for trailblazing entrepreneurs and anyone passionate about doing business differently. My name is Megan, and together with my guests, I'm pulling back the curtain to bring you the conversations that normally happen behind closed doors. We're sharing practical tips, no BS advice, and inspiring stories to remind you that no matter where you are on your business journey, you're not in this alone. Welcome to our community. Welcome to the Blaze Podcast. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the Blaze Podcast. My name is Megan. I'm a copywriter and consultant and I am so excited that you're here with me today. So what does a copywriter slash consultant do? Essentially, it means that I help female founders like you find their voice, amplify their message and create a lasting impact or at least that's what it says in my fancy third-person PR bio, but that is what I hope to do through this show as well, to help you find your own voice, find your own way of doing business, and also to raise up the voices of other women, invite them to come on here and share their stories, share everything they've learned in the process of building their businesses, and really to talk about the stuff that no one else is talking about, to share more of the real stories from female entrepreneurs beyond the Instagram highlights and the six-figure launches and Forbes features, but let's talk about the real stuff, the day-to-day, nitty-gritty, sometimes less than glamorous side of running a business. But before I get into all that, I want to start by sharing my story and a bit about how I got here, because fair is fair, and if I'm inviting other women to tell their stories, I need to tell mine too. And also because if you are giving me the honor of hanging out with me and your earbuds, then you deserve to know a bit about who you're listening to. So my origin story, as I like to call it, because it makes me feel like a super villain, my origin story is one that maybe you haven't heard before, but I think at least a few of you are going to relate to. So I hear a lot of entrepreneurs say that they always knew they were going to start a business, like from the time they were a little kid running the lemonade stand, entrepreneurship was just in their blood. Or maybe they just had this gut feeling that they were made for more than the traditional nine to five life. And I, did not have that. That is not my story. I did not grow up thinking I was going to start a business one day. I definitely did not grow up thinking I was going to be a copywriter. I don't even think I knew what a copywriter was until I was at least 18. But it's kind of ironic that I never thought about starting a business because as a kid, I was always starting businesses. I didn't call them that back then because the word business felt really stuffy and boring to a seven-year-old, but that's basically what they were. And I didn't just have the lemonade stand. I opened a full-on fake restaurant with printed menus and a drive through window where my parents could come and walk by and place their orders. And I started production companies on the school playground. In high school, I started a side hustle doing cake decorating and I would go to the grocery store and calculate the cost of goods to produce each cake and I would try to buy things in bulk to maximize my profits and that was really my first profitable business and you know full disclosure the only reason that business was profitable is because my mom was putting the bill and paying for all of my cake decorating supplies because I was 15. But the point is I loved being creative. I loved doing my own thing and making my own money and I did love the business side. Like I loved going to the store and calculating my profit and loss on these birthday cakes that I was making for people. And yet throughout all of that time, it literally never crossed my mind that starting my own business was a career option. Not once. 
And the only thing that I loved back then, as much as I loved starting businesses, was writing. I always loved writing. I was that kid who always had my nose in a book. My favorite place in the whole world was and is the public library. And I know some of you can relate to that, so don't judge me. But I also had it in my head that writing wasn't a career option because, of course, we're told writers don't make any money. You know, starving artists, that whole mythology was in my head. So basically, I listen to all the societal conditioning instead of my own intuition and honestly if I had a list of all the decisions I made based on that um, based on other people's idea of success or what they wanted or expected of me they all ended terribly but that is a lesson I had yet to learn at 16 years old so when it came time to apply to universities, I chose the most practical career path I could possibly think of, which was medicine. My mom worked in healthcare, I always did well in science class, and I just kind of thought, why not? Why not devote the next 50 plus years of my life to something that sounds kind of okay because I can't think of a better option. So I applied to this prestigious pre-med program where they only accept like 2% of applicants or something ridiculous. And all the kids applying had, you know, perfect GPA, flawless test scores, the whole nine, which I did not have. But the way they determine who gets into this program is based on a written application. And most of the kids spent all year prepping for this, you know, short essay that we had to write. And a lot of them went to private schools or fancy schools like downtown Toronto, where you had to write an admission test and prove you were super smart just to go there. And a lot of them had already been accepted into like Yale and Harvard. And meanwhile, there I was, my high school was actually voted the worst high school in Ontario. I wish I was kidding. There's an article about it on the internet somewhere. But anyway, I basically thought I had no chance of getting into this program. And I wrote the application the night before, and I'm just like, you know what? Screw it. I'm not going to get in anyway. And then I did. And I felt so, I first of all felt like this must have been a mistake. How did this happen? But then once it sunk in, I just felt so lucky to have been given this opportunity to have a chance to go to this incredible school and this fantastic program that has all this prestige and is known just to be like a great it was a great opportunity is what it was. And that's what made it so hard when I got there and I started classes and I realized, oh no, this is kind of terrible. <laughs> Maybe terrible is a strong word, but I, I mean, I did love some of my classes, but the overall environment of the program was very much work hard now so that you can enjoy life later. You know, you have to take this class, do this research job, this volunteer position because it's going to look good on your CV or you have to spend all your free time studying to prepare for med school. And then when you're in med school, you have to spend all your time working to prepare to be resident and then to be a doctor. And that's just going to be your whole life. No hobbies, no free time, forget about a good night's sleep. It just was not a great environment, at least for me. And it only took like one organic chemistry lecture for me to start really questioning my life choices. And a lot of the kids around me didn't even want to be doctors. That was the craziest part of all of this. Most of them were just there because their parents wanted them to be or because like me, they didn't know what else to do. And this seemed like a practical option. So we all got lured in by this shiny idea of external success and prestige. And you know, oh, when we're 45 and super rich from practicing medicine, all this hard work will be worth it. It'll be worth the years that we sacrificed in our 20s to get into a good med school, then get the residency, 
and then work our asses off for the next however many years until we retire. And don't get me wrong, medicine can be a fantastic, a very rewarding career if you feel that passion for it, right? If you have that internal drive and you're truly doing it because you love it, then that's a completely different story. But for me, I didn't love it, at least as not as much as I felt like I should. And I started to feel very trapped because everyone around me was on this very clear path forward, this fast track to career and financial success. And I was too, but I wanted off. I wanted off the track. And so the summer between second and third year of university, everyone was prepping to write the med school admissions test so that the next year we could apply for early admission. And to put this all in perspective, if I had stayed on track for that, if I had stayed on that path, I would have been a doctor by 24, which is way too young. I would not trust 24-year-old me with any type of medical decision. But I was supposed to write this test when I was 19. And then a few months before, I was thinking about it, and I was thinking about it, and I was like, I don't want to write this test. I don't want to give up my whole summer to studying. I didn't want to give up my full-time job because studying for the test is your full-time job. And I wanted to travel. I wanted to have that freedom. And so I kept thinking, I don't want to write this test. And then I thought, oh my God, I don't want to do this, period. End of sentence. So instead of doing the logical thing and, you know, informing my friends and family that I decided to press pause and not write the test this year, I was going to, you know, work and, and take my time with this important life decision. Instead of having all those really difficult conversations, I basically just bailed and I booked a ticket to Thailand. I spent three months backpacking around Southeast Asia with my sister and... I just went totally off the grid. I deleted all social media and it was probably the best three months of my life. It was the best decision I've ever made aside from actually starting my business. It was exactly what I needed. And you know, I'll skip the part about finding myself in Bali and all that because I'm sure you've heard that story before. But the trip was amazing. And when I came home, I decided that A, there was no way in hell I was going back and going to med school. B, I wanted a job that would let me travel and write and do all the things that I had loved doing as a kid, but that I had somehow forgotten along the way. So I came back to Canada with a plan. I did finish my degree, and for my last few years in school, I had multiple side hustles on the go. I had at least two to three jobs going on at all times, sometimes four, and one of those was freelance writing and eventually freelance copywriting, which I just sort of stumbled into by accident, and I fell in love with it from basically day one because copywriting combined my love of creativity and writing with all the fun sciencey stuff that I'd learned in the classes I actually enjoyed at school, which were neuroscience and psychobiology and understanding how people think, why we make certain decisions. So I started copywriting. I took on my first couple of clients while I was still in school and then I graduated and about six months after graduating, I left my full-time job in medical research to go all in on this new business. Except I still, despite all of this, was not calling myself a business owner. I was always a freelancer, a side hustler, an independent contractor, basically anything but a business owner. Because in my mind, the word entrepreneur still called to mind like an old white dude with lots of money, like 
investing on Shark Tank. And it just seemed like the ultimate boys club where people wore suits and threw around words like venture capital and Series A funding. And I know, obviously, there are so many incredible female entrepreneurs on Shark Tank and Dragon's Den today. But when I was growing up, that wasn't the case. I grew up watching Dragon's Den, which is the Canadian equivalent of Shark Tank, for those of you who don't know, and there was one female dragon back then, just one, and she was always being interrupted and spoken over and disrespected, and it's incredible to see how those shows and the business world in general have changed just in the last 10 years or in my lifetime alone, and a lot of that has to do with women like you. If you're listening to this podcast, you are probably a business owner of some kind, whether this is your first week in business or you've been doing this for decades. It was women like you who inspired me to start calling myself a business owner because I was working with so many inspiring female founders as their copywriter. And these were women who weren't just starting their own business, but a lot of them were reaching back to help other women do the same. Many of my clients in my early days were business coaches, and it was so inspiring to see them not only break down barriers in the business world, but then also building up their community and spreading this message that you can do anything you want. That felt like such a hollow promise for so long, but the online business world has really unlocked that potential for so many people, especially women. And seeing other people do that is when I started believing that it was possible for me too. So the reason why I'm telling you this story is because if you can relate to any of this, if you also consider yourself an accidental entrepreneur, or if you've ever struggled to see yourself as that CEO, I want you to know two things. One, you're not alone. I hope that's obvious by now from hearing my story and the rest of the stories you're going to hear on this show. But the second thing I want you to know is that your story matters. Stories like yours are the reason I'm sitting here today recording this podcast for you. And my hope is that this show will be a resource for you to hear more of these stories, to get honest advice from women who are in the trenches of building their businesses with you, and to remind you that whether you're in the side hustle phase like I was, or you're scaling to seven plus figures, you're not on this journey alone. We are truly all in this together. And that is what this show is all about. It's about creating a space where we can have those conversations out in the open about the highs and the lows of entrepreneurship. Because let's be real, no matter how successful your business is, there is always going to be ups and downs. So we're going to talk about both. We're going to talk about the common struggles that we all go through and also give you practical strategies to overcome those problems. We've got so many incredible guest interviews lined up. I've got solo episodes planned for you guys on everything from marketing to mental health, building a community, dealing with productivity guilt, and all of the things. We're going to talk about all of it. And I want to talk about these things from the perspective of someone who is also still figuring all of this out. I am never going to preach at you or act like I have all the answers. I'm just sharing what I'm learning along the way and what my guests are bringing to the table as well, because I'll be the first to admit that I do not have this all figured out. And I think the women I'm going to have on this show will tell you the same thing, because if anyone tells you they do have it all figured out, they're probably trying to sell you something. So if you want to join this conversation, if you want to be part of this community and come along for the ride with us, then make sure you hit subscribe. 
And if you're feeling extra generous, you can leave a review and let me know what you thought of this first episode. We are running a giveaway to celebrate the launch of the podcast, and one reviewer will be chosen at random to win a free 60-minute copy audit with yours truly. So if you're working on your website copy, sales page, email sequence, or maybe revamping your messaging entirely, this is a great opportunity to get that valued outside perspective to make sure everything is resonating and it's primed for conversion. So All you need to do to enter is leave a review of the podcast on Apple, screenshot your review, share it to Instagram stories, and then make sure you tag me at copy by Meg so that one, I can say thank you for listening and two, so I have somewhere to contact you if your name is drawn. So the giveaway is open until Tuesday, October 10th. Make sure you leave a review before then if you want a chance to win that copy audit. Thank you so much for listening to the first episode of the Blaze podcast. I'll talk to you soon. Hey Trailblazer, thank you so much for listening to the show. If you found this episode helpful, would you do me a favor and help spread the word? Share it with a friend, tell your mastermind group, take a screenshot and post it on stories. I'm at copy by Meg on Instagram. If you want to tag me or just come say hi, I would love to hear from you. Until next time, remember fortune favors the bold, but success favors the stubborn. Keep going, girl. You got this.